to Spongebob-O-Matic cast. Uh, this is our fourth episode today, and we're still going over season one, obviously. You know, there's a lot of episodes in there. Some people might not be used to that because a lot of series might only have like 12, 13 episodes in a season. Uh, Spongebob's first couple seasons are quite a bit longer than that, so we're going to be here for a while, but that's just more to enjoy. And this episode is another classic the episode 4A title is Naughty Nautical Neighbors. This one actually did also get a DVD release with that as the title. There were some other episodes on it, but that should go to show that it is a remembered episode. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty classic one. A lot of a lot of very good lines. Uh, it, a lot of these episodes, rewatching them, I, I realize how much I forgot, but also like still remember at the same time. With uh, it's 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 a nice bit of nostalgia for me. Now, this one was written by Sherm Cohen, Aaron Springer, and Mr. Lawrence, and then storyboarded by Sherm Cohen and Aaron Springer. As we've mentioned before, not that weird, especially on this show, for the writers and storyboarders to overlap like that. Now, this is the first episode release date-wise that we've seen out of those two names, Sherm Cohen and Aaron Springer, respectively. So they're kind of bringing their own style and ideas to the forefront if you watch it yourself. Again, these kinds of things... Because there is a whole team working on it, the differences are always subtle. But if you're really paying attention, you can see everyone kind of has their own interpretation of how an episode should work and how it should go. Yeah, there's definitely some different, you know, there's some differences going on. There's some things I noticed with like the types of animation being used, the types of movements, the use of sound in this one is, is really different too. Um, yeah, you can see these, you can see a lot of these different aspects uh, as we go through these episodes. That's exactly right, which is why I did decide at the beginning I would look up who and tell the audience who uh, did what on what episodes, because when you come in with that kind of critical eye, you get a better view and you can really appreciate these things more than you might have as a child when you just, you know, took everything for granted, didn't really think about those kinds of things. Now, for this episode's plot, it starts with Squidward. A lot of episodes do in the first season, as we've seen a couple so far. Now, one thing I would like to note here is that Squidward has managed to make a souffle. If you know anything about baking, <laughs> you know that's incredibly hard to do. So you can see Squidward here does have skills, um, but it's to the point where we do see he takes it so seriously. He's the only one there, but he still feels the need to shower, get dressed up all nice, and make it this whole big event as though it's like, look at me. Look at what I did. I am so talented. And it's maybe warranted here, but that's just very, very him to do. Yeah, and during that whole sequence too, while he's like showering, it's 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 really funny like how they um how they portrayed that on screen where you see him like look in his dining room, I suppose, and you see the souffle on the table, and then he leaves the screen, and you see like just coming for, like as it's going as it's as if it's going into his living room, uh like there's like water coming in and like clothes being like flung and stuff like that. So it's it you know because obviously you don't want to show the character actually getting you know I mean they show characters like getting naked quote unquote, but like. You don't need to show all that. It's just a little quick montage to kind of show like, okay, he's getting himself ready. And then here he comes. It's visual storytelling. It's quick. It's easy. It's effective. Uh, budget effective too, because, you know, to just draw the implication that, you know, he's showering, it focuses the scene more. Like the focus of the scene is his souffle. So we don't need to go to a whole other room. We can just imply what's happening there. And so that was a, in my opinion, a really good use of resources. Yeah. Now, you know, animation major or anything, I'm sure other people would have more. 
and it was professional yeah, thoughts on it. But. Yeah, and it was a good way to show the implication that like he's getting he's getting dolled up for this. So like when he comes back out all all dressed up nice, it's not like oh he just. I mean, and honestly, it wouldn't have even mattered. But again, I think it shows like his character how much work he's putting into this how proud of himself he is that we actually see like you know the even the implication of him getting ready yeah because you know when i eat like sweets or like i make bread or something at home uh you know you're lucky if i'm even wearing clothes really if no one else is there like who am i trying to impress you know but squidward just he, he you know he really wears airs he he puts on airs you don't put on a three-piece suit whenever you fire on the old oven there <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and, th- th- you know, that's the whole thing, too, is he has this whole, oh, you know, I'm so classy. This is so fancy. And meanwhile, SpongeBob and Patrick are just, you know, trying to have a good time, wholesome in their backyards. And Squidward hears them like giggling and laughing, you know, just enjoying themselves and being alive. And Squidward, of course, can't handle that. And Squidward, and says, thing, Squidward says, absolutely not. <laughs> he basically does say absolutely not. And this is a thing, actually, um, if you followed the SpongeBob Twitter for a while, it's now deleted. They had made a tweet. Uh, this would have been at least a year or so ago. But again, it's deleted. I can't really track it where they said, you know, SpongeBob, fun fact. Did you know we've never seen SpongeBob's backyard? Uh, we absolutely have. In this episode, we do very much so see his backyard. Um, I don't think any of the video games model his backyard after this because I don't believe there's a fence in any of them. However, we do indeed have a canon reference for the backyard. I'm going to guess that they simply lost whatever reference they used for that over time is why they thought they didn't have one. So basically, get fucked, SpongeBob Twitter. We're better. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is like there was a fake SpongeBob account that was like real sponge fact. We've seen his backyard. <laughs> and then that's when the tweet was deleted. I mean, I think that just goes to show how sometimes the people making because, you know, how many different teams, how many different people have worked on SpongeBob over the years. But when you're a fan of it, you absorb all that content. You're the one engaging with all of it. it, it like the, the amount of people that have come through and made SpongeBob over the years and stuff that's gotten lost and all that, like, you know, and th- this is with any show, not just SpongeBob. Uh, it like you know this happens all the time where where people that make something will reference it and then a fan will correct them just because you know they've seen all the episodes a million times and it's like you know when you're working on an episode you're really into it and you know everything about that episode but for that episode and then you might move on it's very true um and one thing i'd like to note so essentially what they're doing it's sort of like an undersea version of if you've ever seen this is kind of an old school thing. I don't know if kids even still do this because he went his phones these days. Uh, not to sound like a boomer, but you know, you take a metal can, you put a string through it attached to another metal can and it'll carry. Uh, this is sort of like an undersea version of that. They're like whispering into bubbles and blowing it to each other. Uh, what SpongeBob says is, Patrick, you're my best friend in the whole neighborhood. Now, <laughs> what we have to remember, Sandy doesn't live there. And a couple episodes ago, he said he just said, I lost my best friend. So SpongeBob's priorities actually do not list Patrick as his true best friend. And I just think that's very funny. It is, yeah. I think it's more of just like they're being like cute. This whole montage, or not montage, but this whole sequence is just to kind of establish how good of friends they are so that when what happens after that happens, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, obviously we know that they're friends, but the... The point of it is to establish that at the beginning, but yeah, it is. It, it is silly. in the whole neighborhood is an interesting qualifier <laughs> of use. Is all I'm saying. I suppose you know. In a second, though, that's that's not even applicable anymore. So, right. So Squidward, he's you know, he's like, this is so obnoxious that other people are enjoying life. So he basically takes the. Um, it looks like a juice from his souffle. Now I looked this up because. You know, I've never baked a souffle. Generally, if you're making a dessert style souffle, you do indeed have um, certain kinds of berry sauces, 
that's probably what the juice there is because there is no like natural juice that's just going to be part of a souffle well yeah because uh, bread so, you know, juice you know juice does or bread doesn't typically exude juices but yeah that was that is an interesting detail that they like they it's just it's really like high cut like so he made a souffle that's the the meal we're gonna have him make and then because of that he, there's going to be a juice accumulated at the bottom of the souffle, and that's what he's going to use for his bubbles. It's very weird that that's what they decided to go with, but I mean, I like it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure how they even came up with that, to be honest. Um, so what he says here that intercepts, you know, what SpongeBob and Patrick are saying to each other is, uh, Patrick, you are the dumbest idiot, and dumbest idiot... <laughs> You know that's that that's a good one. Got to hit him hit him with it twice on that. Yeah, that's uh, it's just showing how dumb he is. He's the dumbest idiot of all the idiots. He's the dumbest one. And, and the, the response to it's really good too. Do you really think that SpongeBob? Of course, Patrick. Anyone with eyes could see that. Because as far as SpongeBob <laughs> knows, that's not what he said. Yeah, he said a very nice message, but instead, his he got intercepted. Um, Anyone with eyes can see you're the dumbest idiot. <laughs> and then after that, um. SpongeBob is send SpongeBob and Patrick are sending messages. They think to back and forth to each other. Squidward is sending out his own insults. Uh, one of the ones I believe he sends to SpongeBob is, "If I had a dollar for every brain you don't have, I'd have one dollar," which is just such a basic insult, but I really like it. But the thing about it is, is Squidward is just so much more rude and inconsiderate than what he perceives as being inconsiderate. Like SpongeBob and Patrick's version of being inconsiderate in this instance is they were having a good time and laughing to each other so squidward decided he was justified in doing this they weren't even being loud like, they were okay, just like yeah. lightly giggling <laughs> again going back to what we said earlier squidward just heard their presence and thought absolutely not to himself and just had to ruin everything um and so eventually uh they're doing their bubble messages back and forth turns into spongebob and patrick being mad at each other because again they think that they've been the ones sending these messages they get up and start just actually verbally sending insults to each other and it, it's such a it, it when you when you hear them start doing it it, it shows like because again spongebob and patrick as we noted in earlier episodes are like kind of supposed to represent a childish mentality and this is such like a childish argument that they have it's basically just know you bits back and forth to each other patrick says you're a turkey to spongebob spongebob goes what is that that's what you are well you're a bigger one like just the, the most childish insults you could ever think of but it, again it fits with their characters very well now that's a line i actually thought um, back when we were watching Tea at the Tree Dome, I thought I had to myself that I didn't share at the time was it's strange because SpongeBob has that field guide where he's like, oh, I know what that is. That's a land squirrel, but they don't know what a turkey is. So I, I'm, I'm guessing just whatever resource he had didn't cover that or they just thought it'd be funnier if he didn't know, which I, I did learn actually years and years after watching this that turkey did used to be an insult that people would use for each other, but it was just so before our time that it just sounds like something he decided to say. Yeah, I, 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 that might have been based on that. I think it was just they just picked something for Patrick to say there and just rolled with it like that. But I mean, and they might have been, because I have heard that before, like the turkey used to be an insult, but I didn't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's specifically what they were referencing there. Um, and then after that whole sequence, uh, they, they, they storm off and go back into each other's houses uh, and there's this just funny, like, weird, that doesn't go anywhere, but when Patrick goes back to his house, he, like, slams the rock down, and it, like, crushes him, and he starts, like, he starts, like, uh, what's that, what's that instrument? An accordion. Uh, yeah, he starts, like, accordioning up and down, which is really, it doesn't go anywhere, it's just a weird, like, little visual thing. 
And of course, Squidward just thinks this is like the, the, the best thing he's ever seen on the planet. And metaphorically, he begins to choke on his own hubris, but he actually laughed so hard he flung the fork into his throat and is literally choking on his own fork. He is. And then uh, Patrick sees this and goes, wow, Squidward, you're choking in an excited way. <laughs> and uh, I know what to do, but I should probably wash my hands first. Oh, well. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he blows him up like a balloon, I suppose. It is all of his. That's so satisfying. The when he when he does that, all of his like Squidward's little like tentacle his su- suction, his suction cups. cups like all pop out and just make real. That's what I was talking about earlier with like the noises in these episodes. Like they're just so like they're they're so like vibrant. You know, like you you feel each one of those pops as they go out. And then, um, and then, yeah. After that, Squidward is very thankful to Patrick. He he's he actually seems genuinely thankful to him at this point, uh, for for I mean, because he did just save his life. Um, and immediately Patrick starts to cling to Squidward. Like he starts to notice, oh, I just lost my best friend, but now I have a new one. Which is, you know, it's it's very true to their characters that they start doing this. It's like uh, Squidward reaches out and says, "Thanks, friend." friend literally yeah patrick he's he's getting in real close and squidward's like yeah just friends yeah he he immediately he he immediately realizes oh no what did i do and it's it's funny too because we see spongebob like you know he's noticed this and in spite of the fact spongebob is personable and has plenty of friends we do see it's very easy for him to fall into these kinds of feelings of inadequacy you know we saw this when he was at the beach as well with Sandy, it's like, you know, as soon as things start to not go his way, he starts to question, like, am I doing this right? He kind of has this, he has a lot of self-doubt, but it is really, it's a really good trait of his that in spite of that, he is still always looking for ways to improve his situation and put his best foot forward because essentially we have a, a whole situation where Squidward and Patrick go back to Squidward's place. They go inside. Squidward starts to play his clarinet for Patrick, but then Patrick falls asleep. Um, and then through basically trying to drag Patrick out of his house because he does not just want him sleeping there, he hurts his back. And SpongeBob's like, ah, this is my chance. Yeah. And Squidward's like running away from him because SpongeBob's just, he is just zoning in. He is <laughs> yeah. going to jump on Squidward's back. He rips off his pants at some point and like reveals like a, like a gymnastic leotard, or not leotard, but like, I don't know, like some just like underwear under there that isn't like his normal white underwear and bounces off of a springboard and lands on his back. <laughs> Oh gosh, and then uh, I feel great. Thanks, SpongeBob. You're a real friend. And then he realizes the error <laughs> of his words again. Um, he, he I, I believe he directly says, "No, no, I didn't mean that." <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mean that. Going backwards for a second, though, because we did miss a very good sequence. Uh, you did kind of skim past it a little bit when uh, Sp- uh, Patrick and Squidward are in um, <laughs> in Squidward's house. Just the, there's the great, I don't know why this line is so memorable to me, but the song that Squidward says he's going to start playing is um, something in E minor. Solitude in E minor. Solitude in E minor. And Patrick just immediately starts going, yeah, E minor, all right. It's like, I don't know why that line is, it's so lodged in my memory because it's one of those that like, I knew he was going to say it before he did. Like, it's one of the ones that I remembered and it's so good. And then he starts playing and immediately as soon as he starts playing, Patrick falls asleep. Uh, And it's, yeah. And then, um, but yeah, then after that, um, SpongeBob invites himself into Squidward's house and says, uh, 
says, well, Patrick was so rude. He made you play music for him. How about I play music for you? And there's this really interesting line where, like, where Squidward's like, you play? Like, actually thinking that... It's, it's like, Squidward thinks so highly of them in this episode for, like, sh- very short periods of time. Like, there's, like, a couple instances where he legitimately, like, has some hope for their friendship or their, like, ability to get along. And then it's just immediately dashed. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's the whole thing is Squidward avoids them, so he doesn't know anything about them, so he doesn't really know what to actually expect. He just decided, you know, I don't like these two because of the way they act. Um, now, what SpongeBob says, he says he's played the bassinet for years. Now, I'm going to ask, <laughs> do you know what a bassinet is? I don't know what a bassinet is. I know it's not the instrument that he picks up. but I know. A, a bassinet is a baby cradle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is not an instrument. That's like... It's like the the line of logic there, like almost is like he's thinking bassoon, and so but well, he said I, bassinet, but a bassoon is a woodwind instrument and not the fucking cello that he picks up. Well, even even <laughs> if we were to like take it in another direction, because I thought it was, it's kind of like a combination of a clarinet and a bassette. Oh um, yeah. But even still, that is not a stringed instrument. <laughs> I mean, he picks up a cello, like that's what he picks up. So it's not. It is definitely not a bassinet. Um, I mean, to be fair, we never see Squidward play that either. So we have to assume he just kind of has that for posterity's sake. Yeah. Um, and then he starts playing the song again. Another classic line. The the song he starts to sing is Squidward is my best friend in the world. And uh, the very, very classic. Uh, it's not, you know, there's the classic SpongeBob songs we've talked about. That's this isn't really one of them, but it's a it's a good this little is just bit. a musical bit. Yeah, it's just a musical bit. And then uh, Patrick interrupts, uh, having awoken from his from his sidewalk nap, to uh, to to say Squidward, and then he interrupts and says, "Likes Patrick more than SpongeBob." And then SpongeBob gets so enraged that he bashes the cello out of the, the ground, bassinet. or sorry, the bassinet out of the ground and breaking it. And I, I I think this this whole sequence there just really goes to show like how childish they really are like how because all of this was over them just saying mean words to each other and they're getting like so jealous over one another and and like breaking stuff and it really shows like that kind of like grown up adult or the grown up child dynamic that Squidward and SpongeBob and Patrick have um, like throughout like it's it, you know like it's like Squidward's like the the adult that the kids are looking up to and they're like fighting for his attention. It just shows a lot of insecurity as well. Like it shows that these aren't the kind of characters that are just going to always be able to be happy and positive. They have like a whole just, you know, bunch of emotions inside of them and they respond to what happens to them in kind with what they're feeling. And it does kind of show a a bit more of like a childlike innocence that it's over such small things that they get upset. But at the same time, you know, not not every character really needs to have that kind of callous that we develop, you know, where it's like someone can say you're an idiot. And you don't even take it at anything. But to see a character who is so used to being kind and receiving kindness deal with that is something where I do think there's probably a benefit to the younger audience who maybe hasn't experienced that before or is going to need a kind of guide for like, well, what's, you know, right and wrong ways of dealing with that. Um, but what we move on from here. We, we get a lot of a lot of weird situations. So basically, uh, Squidward, you know, kicks them both out now. And he's like, well, I'm going to go 
take a bath uh to which patrick is in his bath saying he warmed it up and then spongebob <laughs> comes in through the window because he hears squidward scream is like is something wrong oh my best friend and my ex-best friend and then we, we have a couple other weird lines where squidward's like you know i've, I've got to get those two back together and there's just there's just this undertone like they're using the word friends but like i don't know i i feel like if you're looking at that as an adult there's <laughs> there's some subtext to what they're writing there yeah, it's it's very strange for sure. Um, like this idea again, like he's just in his bath, and SpongeBob's basically like, "You're cheating on me." Like that's my cheating. ex best friend. Well, and, and I like it because you missed the line after he says, "My best friend and my ex best friend and rubber bath toys." He gets very upset at the bath toys, and it's like it's just all very childish. And and Squidward realizes that again. It's another instance of Squidward realizing, like, okay, I I did this. This is all right, fine. I get it. This is on me. But now. I need to deal with this. And uh and so he uh his solution is to invite them both over at the same time for a dinner party. Um when SpongeBob receives his invite, he he sniffs it and goes Squidward, which is just just shows kind of how obsessed he is with Squidward at this point. Yeah, you know, um one thing is the way actually that SpongeBob is written here, the way that Sherm Cohen and Aaron Springer kind of handle SpongeBob's character and his interactions is a lot more reminiscent of what SpongeBob will become years from now, as opposed to what we've seen SpongeBob be so far, which is definitely something to take note of. Um, so this this direction for SpongeBob, it's not going to be like always like this within the first three seasons, but as you move forward like a more extreme version of this kind of SpongeBob who gets upset over small things and has a lot of obsessive kind of compulsions about other individuals uh, will become something you're going to see more of. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then so Squidward or SpongeBob uh, goes over to Squidward's house. And uh, like we said, he sees the Patrick's there and they get very mad at each other uh, again because they don't want to be in the same room. They're just very competitive about Squidward right now. Yeah, and then uh, and then Squidward starts offer or offers them some soda and starts filling up their cups. And SpongeBob like starts stealing all like he finishes his drink before Patrick can even get any and asks for a refill. Then he like that he goes in and like puts his glass in front of Patrick's to steal his soda. And then it's a very weird scenario again, like kind of with the souffle thing. I don't know how they came up with this that the like big conflict between them at the end is them just like demanding refills from Squidward for his soda. Like Squidward also calls it pop, which I think is pop, yes. Is is an interesting regional dialect of Squidward's. It is. I think the the West Coast does say pop if I'm not mistaken. So that might be where like because it's you know Yeah, but I don't say it and you don't say it and it's cringe to say it, so people should stop saying it. I agree. Um, and then, so yeah, because they drink so much soda, they get, uh, filled up. They get like, again, like, like Squidward was earlier. When Patrick they're very was carbonated. Yeah. They're very carbonated. They're very fat and bloated. Um, and SpongeBob burps, uh, once after Squidward walks away and Patrick starts laughing at it and they kind of just get all the bubbles out of them through laughing and they're, then they're best friends again, which again, I think again, as we've been talking about through discussion of this episode, they're just kids, like, and this one tiny little thing, this one little moment of reconciliation is all they needed to be perfectly fine again. Um, and that, you know, I think that's what a lot of friendships are at that age. You know, like, you know, when you have a friend that does something wrong to you and you're like, I hate them. I never want to see them again. And then, like, you know, one of you, like, trips and, like, drops your chocolate milk and the other one starts laughing and then you start laughing at, the, like, at that you did it and, like, all that. And then it's like, you're fine and you're best friends again. It's like... 
it, that's just kind of how friendships can be at that age. And so, you know, I think it's nice to to see that kind of depicted in a in a kid show. There is uh, what I would call a narrative device at work here in this episode as well, where at the beginning, you know, their friendship is demonstrated through bubbles. Bubbles are in a literal sense, but also kind of a metaphorical sense. It is the representation of their friendship and open communication with each other. And then Squidward essentially corrupts this idea and causes this problem between them. But in the end, it is again, bubbles that show up that, show they're willing to be friends again and they want to communicate and they it basically shows that through that metaphor good friendships aren't something that just dissipate like even as adults you're gonna get in fights with your friends sometimes but ultimately when you've been friends that long it's going to take a lot to dissipate that kind of relationship and it just sort of goes to show like just because you feel a certain way right now you're not gonna feel that way forever and unless it's something big you know, you're probably going to be able to still be friends with that person at the end of the day, no matter how you felt then. And, you know, Squidward, again, to kind of talk about this bubbles as a metaphor, um, they actually create so many and they laugh so hard, they blow up Squidward's house. And at the very end, a, a bubble pops and hits his door and crushes Squidward, showing that it is those ideas of open communication and friendship that ultimately thwart Squidward's desire to cause problems for the two. Exactly. And I think there is kind of like a, an interesting moment at the end where Squidward is mad, but I think he realizes like, I deserve this. Like this, <laughs> this is the one episode, like all the other episodes, they're kind of like Squidward is, doesn't really learn the lesson. He just kind of just the bad thing happens to him. This one, I think is one where he's like, all right, this, like, again, I mean, obviously his character doesn't change from this episode to the next one that drastically, but I, the, the implication is that he kind of like, he kind of learned a lesson here. And, uh, and yeah, that's, Again, Squidward is the the architect of his own demise in very many ways. And the last little exchange here, I just wanted to note too, you know, after after Squidward has gotten those two back together, the last things they say is it's SpongeBob and Patrick whispering to each other, I, I think he's jealous. How pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's their, their child. It's the... It's a pot calling a kettle. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yeah, that's a that's a really again it's a great episode. A lot of good quotes. Um, moving on to episode four uh, B is uh, boating school, which is the uh, first introduction of one Mrs. Puff. It's also the first introduction of the boating school as a setting and as a part of SpongeBob's character, which will be shown. It will be explored in the future. Uh, this one was written by Ennio Torreson, Eric Weiss, and Mr. Lawrence. And storyboarded by Ennio Torreson and Eric Weiss. Now, unlike the last episode, those are familiar names. They were uh, at least, you know, Ennio Torreson, Eric Weiss, Mr. Lawrence. Like, um, they did some work on like Plankton and Bubble Stand, where episodes would have seen those names before. And it just, it's an episode that it, it kind of goes back to what we were seeing in the early like episode one and two uh, plots, where we're exploring key aspects of SpongeBob as an individual, parts of like his daily life and his greater circle like parts of his world so to speak as an individual and i think that's that's a really interesting thing that you know you really only get to do that once and that's one thing that you know some shows there, there's times people are like season one is slow because it hasn't picked up yet season two is better um not necessarily something people say about spongebob but i do think you only get this one opportunity to introduce these concepts and these characters and i do think spongebob does a very good job of making those introductory introductory moments very memorable and very good standalone 
Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, this one, this one, it's it's weird because it's it's an overall like pretty solid episode, but it's it's like kind of more consistently good rather than like a, a like a, a a lot of like uh big quotes and lines that I'm picking out of there. There there are some definitely, but this one's more like consistently has like little jokes, little like little moments here and there that keep it good. It's again, it's one of those writing and storyboarding differences that we see between the teams and that the last episode had a lot of really good lines, a lot of funny moments, but this episode has like a good like through line in it, so to speak. Yeah, and so this one starts off with uh, SpongeBob being woken up by his his loud ass foghorn alarm. Is this the first time that we're seeing this? I mean, we we're, I believe we've seen it in previous episodes, but is this we the first saw time? it in the pilot. Yeah, uh, he that was what woke him up to go okay. fight the Krusty Krab. Okay, so yeah, so but this is another time we're seeing it. Uh, he gets up, he gets catapulted towards a giant calendar that he just has on his wall. Again, just kind of the cartoon absurdism that he would just have a giant uh, giant calendar on his uh, on his wall, uh, and it's the day of his uh the day of his driving test it is march 3rd and i'm noting that because i'm going to loop back around to it way at the end of the episode but his his exam is on the 3rd of march so if you're watching this episode in march which is probably when it's coming out uh spongebob failed earlier this month (laughs) hey that's a spoiler for the episode all right Uh, so he gets out of he gets ready he gets out of bed he seems very excited he's very optimistic very, you know, there doesn't seem to be any doubt in his mind. Uh, he rides his little unicycle to, to <laughs> gets on his little unicycle thing, which is a very interesting choice for a, like. I, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, how did they come? So the the thing that he rides is like it couldn't be like an underwater bicycle, which we do know exists, but it has to be a unicycle, an underwater one. So it's like a propeller instead of a wheel that he's riding around. It's very, it's very interesting. It's one of those things that shows. A dichotomy of personality within spongebob um and just to establish as well because i don't think we would have had to bring it up up to this point boats underwater are just cars they, they have yes. wheels they're just boat shaped and they're called boats but they function as a car does in 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 the above ground world um and it's just we see spongebob is talented enough like not only to ride a unicycle but to ride a unicycle in a way that is an effective means of transportation but we see when he gets there, like, you know, he is all excited. Like you said, uh, you know, someone is coming out like, I just got my license. Hey, I'm getting mine next. Hey, hey I, I doubt, doubt it. it. <laughs> it's- and it's the whole thing, right? It's like, it's so, it's so known by like, even just bystanders that SpongeBob, in spite of all of his talents, he does have this self-doubt. Like you showed last episode, like he's shown a million times before. He gets nervous very easily when like the pressure's on and that affects him. I love the idea that that guy though had no idea who SpongeBob was, had no idea like about him at all prior to meeting him in that moment. And he's just such an asshole that he just goes, hey, I doubt it to this random (laughs) dude just to be a dick. There's two ways to interpret it. There is that guy was an asshole or there is everyone in this community knows that SpongeBob is not a very good driver. Yes. Um, and either way has its own humor to the response of, hey, I doubt it. Yes. Um, so SpongeBob gets to the boating school. He. Uh, this is when we finally meet Mrs. Puff, who is a puffer fish. Uh, again, she's a big, a big lady. Um, and she starts uh, quizzing SpongeBob on the oral portion of the test, which is essentially just a quiz. And um, this is where we kind of get the the idea. I, I believe it's maybe passively mentioned before. But this is the point where we kind of get the idea like SpongeBob has taken and failed this test many times because he just 
blitzes through all of the questions really quick uh, to the point where the last one he like he he doesn't even wait for the questions to be answered. He just goes through all the answers, ending with the uh, the classic nineteen twenty four as uh, as uh, as his answer. Um, so again, this is the first glimpse that we get that maybe he's not he shouldn't be as confident as he says he is. The the way I've always interpreted this, um, because and I have to go a little bit forward to make the point is we see him get behind the wheel and Mrs. Puff is like, all right, what's the first thing you do? 1924. <laughs> and, you know, she has to start the boat for him. And then she's like, okay, now, now what do we do? Florida. Floor it. <laughs> and um, so he, he hits a, a lighthouse and then she puffs up and see, that's the whole thing. She's a puffer fish. She's a driving instructor. And when she gets nervous, she works as an inflatable airbag. See, that's that's the reason she's a, a driving good. instructor and a puffer fish. But my point here is his ability to do the oral exam and then immediately freeze up to me shows that SpongeBob is he's able to obtain knowledge. He's not stupid. He has knowledge when he tries hard. He can learn things. He can understand things theoretically. However, when it actually comes to doing something hands on like this, um, he, he freezes up, you know, he has anxiety and fear and it's those emotions inside him, which cause him to fail. It's not the lack of knowledge. He's proven he knows what it is to drive, but it's the actual act. And, and I kind of a little bit related to that, honestly, where driving for me when I started was like this terrifying thing yeah, same because thing. it's, it's so dangerous. Right. And so for him to like, again, kind of like, you know, spent up in the situation when I was like 14 and got my driver's permit. Uh, this is something people do in America for those who aren't from here. Um, like I knew all the facts, I knew all the rules, but when you're out there on the road, it is scary. And like, sometimes you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know. Um, obviously you figure it out or like, I guess some people don't, but and it's ag- more common than not people figure it out. And again, so, it's, a, it, it's a lack of confidence issue more than anything, because I think I can speak for both of us. Like driving is nothing now. Like me and you have done multiple, yeah. very long drives. I don't even think about it. It's even like fun for me in some ways. Um, but it, I think it, it's a pain, but it's not like, you know, scary. Yeah. I, again, certain times it, it depends on the situation. Um, but like, yeah. And then for SpongeBob though, uh, it's again, it, it's getting over that initial hump. And this is something that he is uh, proving for himself, at least incapable of doing. Um, another funny thing I'll mention before we move on to the next scene is, uh, when Mrs. Puff does puff up, her voice gets much deeper, uh, invoking the classic line, Oh, SpongeBob, why? Which is, you know, I <laughs> something I, I I think about all the time. And that that denotes his thirty eighth failure. So, yes. um, now if we think about this, well, I'll, I'll say we're going to talk a little bit about the structure of a boating school because it is not implied to function as it does in uh, real life. Like, and again, that's kind of like in America, at least state to state is different. Um, in Texas which is where I first got licensed, you basically do an online course. And by do an online course, I mean, they lock you to a page and then like 20 minutes later, the next button will show up and you just click it. And then like eight hours later, it's like, you have completed this course and you just like go prove you can drive. But other states, I know you do um, go to a classroom. And I think it's only like a week, maybe like a month at most that like you're just there. And then they like do some written exams and then they do like a actual like practical. So I, I can speak on this a little bit because I, yeah. I had to do that. So we, yeah, we had, um, it was like two weeks worth or like, I think it was a month's worth, but it was like, like two classes per week. So it wasn't that much. 
Um, and yeah, you would go there, they would talk to you about the rules of the road, and then that was essentially, and then like, yeah, you would take like, they had a couple quizzes and then they had one test at the end of it. And that was essentially, instead of having like a oral or written portion of the driving test, that was just you passing that class was your oral part done. And then you had to do a certain amount of hours actually behind the wheel before you could take your test um, with a driving instructor or with a parent. And I think as an adult too, the it's structured different. I think it's like a cumulative eighteen hours, so it's like a couple of days. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly because I've never had to re-get my license because you can just renew it and not have to do that. But anyway, uh, I was just bringing that up because it's implied it works more like a normal school structure in this instance. Yeah, he goes to like, mo- and- I mean, that is his school. It's like he goes to classes. He has to like learn. Think he gets like great. It, it, it's it's weird. It's the merging of because I, I guess they maybe wanted to do this because they wanted to explore some stuff with like school. But they like SpongeBob is an adult with a job, so they can't have him actually like be in school. So they just were like, oh, driving school. We'll just kind of merge those two things. Maybe was the idea there. It does allow for some interesting concepts that will be explored later. They make good use of the space yes. and good use of the the idea. They push it to an extent that allows them to get away with those kinds of things, which does work well for their purposes. Another now, another so- strange another strange thing though, if I mention really quick um, about the like driving school is uh, again, and I believe this is probably the case for you when you're actually taking your driver's test. I and I don't believe this is different anywhere, in, at least in America you just do it on the road. Like you're just driving with your driving instructor next to you on the road. Whereas in this, it's on like a closed course. Like they have like a specific closed course where they take the, um, they take the exams. And I thought that was, that was strange. I know that some testing centers set up practice courses, but that wouldn't be what you would actually take your exam on. Um, However, given that they wanted SpongeBob to be destructive, perhaps it's for the best they didn't just put him on the road. <laughs> yes, for sure. Now, when he gets home, a uh, little thing that I wanted to mention here, uh, because it's, it's blink and you'll miss it, but we've actually seen it before a few times. In the morning, when SpongeBob wakes up, his sheets are generally purple, but we saw in Plankton and in this episode, when he's in bed at night, they're normally green. Uh, I believe this is meant to be like an artistic choice of, you know, at night. Um, you use a different color palette to illustrate different things. Uh, but to me, purple and green being so opposite on the spectrum, it's just something that stands out to me. But I, I do believe it to be an intentional choice because we've seen it a couple of times. Might now. just be because like it's being like it's light outside and it's not light outside, and the colors can kind of look maybe a little bit different depending on the well, lighting. Like so I maybe said, that's when, when you're making a scene at night. Yeah, you change the color palette. Um, but it's just, it's such a radical change that it's like, I feel like once you've noticed it, it's kind of impossible not to notice it. Yeah. So we, we get a little thing here where um, Patrick, he, he's kind of calling out to SpongeBob. I, I believe it's, uh, he, he says like, what is pink and square? Patrick square pants. And Patrick has just been in SpongeBob's like library based attic which yeah just well, has. he yeah this is it's a very weird so he spongebob gets woken up by a, it's just such an odd sequence spongebob gets woken up by a walkie-talkie that like we're uh, that we just haven't seen before now uh where patrick is like spongebob come to your closet spongebob and for and I assume like you know if you're watching this you'd assume like oh there's a closet in his room that we're seeing but no he goes to a separate room where he has this like 
Like you know this, you know, you know, like the the Treehouse of Horrors episode of The Simpsons, the the um the Edgar Allan Poe Raven poem room. That he has like that room of a library in his in his in his home, and then that's what his closet is attached to, apparently. So he goes up to it, and uh, yeah, and then Patrick says like, "What's what's pink and square?" Patrick Square Pants. He's wearing a pair of pa- SpongeBob's pants. It's it's no, such an odd sequence. Patrick- because SpongeBob didn't know he was there, Patrick has probably been sitting in SpongeBob's closet since he left to take his exam. Yeah, because he probably would have seen him come home. Because it, it, it's implied that you have to get from like his room to get into that area. So yeah, it, he he just sat there and he's like, "This is going to be so funny." <laughs> I mean, you know, I suppose it I suppose it worked. Um, and then yeah, SpongeBob starts telling Patrick about his his woes of failing once again failing the boating exam. Um, SpongeBob, you know, Patrick is like, oh, I wish there's something I could do to help, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and what he comes up with is, uh, he shoves the, one of the walkie talkies that he has into SpongeBob's head through his pores and a little antenna comes out the top and says, I can just feed you instructions, uh, through the antenna, which, you know, is a, is a solution, I suppose. I, I don't know how much that, how well that would equate to driving, but you know, I, I guess it, I guess it's all right. The, the specific exchange they have is SpongeBob says, once I get behind the wheel, I just can't think straight. And then Patrick says, line, thinking straight is what I do. And <laughs> it, it's on the surface, it's a joke because Patrick it doesn't know a whole lot. But when you think about it, it, it kind of is true. And that Patrick doesn't know a lot, but he knows what he knows. And he doesn't struggle in situations like even when he's saying the stupidest thing you can imagine he's always saying it with like a certain level of like confidence and sense of self where it's like he is not nervous that he's going to be wrong even though he probably is again putting on airs is a quote that we keep referencing because it's just so stupid and so funny like it's just the don't you mean putting on airs yes that it's what like it, he's so he's so stupidly confident and spongebob is very unsure so he just kind of defers to patrick a lot of times it, it's a dynamic that when they're together it they kind of, it's weird. You would expect them to make up for each other's weaknesses, but sometimes they just make each other worse. Yeah, for sure. So SpongeBob, he, he goes through with the plan. He's like, hey, you know, wouldn't I look silly with an antenna coming out of my head? So he's wearing a hat to cover it. Um, and Patrick's like, he's on the other side of the walkie-talkie. And he's like, testing, 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 testing. Ah, like, do you read? <laughs> he's like, exactly. well, cause like normally you just do a little test where you're like testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, like one, oh, hello, two, three, four. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Uh, welcome to five nights at Freddy's. <laughs> you cannot do a five nights at Freddy's joke at our SpongeBob podcast. You piece, of, <laughs> you piece of shit. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is just a funny little gag where he just starts screaming. Um, and then, uh, something I think we've seen it before too. SpongeBob's house also comes with like a giant like telescope lens, but it's like not like a telescope looking up to the sky. It's very much one that like can, he can look to like kind of see around all of Bikini Bottom. And so he, uh, Patrick is is in SpongeBob's house using this to just watch SpongeBob, and he uh, he he. Uh, he goes through like a little checklist with him and he's like, all right, do you have the apple that you're bringing for, for Mrs. Puff? And he pings out the apple and then he's like, do you have your special underwear? And he's like, he's like, oh yeah. Cause he like, sees he's wearing his special underwear. Yeah. And, SpongeBob just stripped down in the middle of like yes. the fucking environment. And, the, and, and then Patrick just goes, all right, underwear, apple, and me, you're ready. <laughs> That's just an interesting little checklist for him. 
act natural and spongebob takes act natural very literally and begins to uh, act like a cattle my my exact note that i have written here is in quotes act natural proceeds to simply eat grass is, is what the is what he does he's getting back to basics you know? he, he's getting back to basics um so back this, in my day we ate grass so mrs puff uh enters the car uh, they don't do the oral test this time but it's fine we don't need to go through that gag again um and uh, and he offers her the apple. She just eats it in one bite, um, and then goes, "All right, so what do we do first? He, he again showing that he he hasn't really learned anything. Says nineteen twenty four once again. Um, but then Patrick chimes in and says, "No, start the boat." And then Mrs. Puff at this point is amazed because he started the boat, which is you know something that he has apparently not done at this point on his own. And then SpongeBob proceeds. He's he's going to Florida again. And then Patrick says, stop right there, big toe. <laughs> and uh, that was, you know, that was kind of how I thought of acceleration. Like, again, when I first started driving, like, that's one of those lines you just remember. Yeah. And so it's like, even though you're not literally just using your big toe, you're wearing shoes, you know. Um, well, it's I, one of those things where, like, you just can't get it out of your head. And it's like, okay, big toe. Well, and they make it even more visual by not just having him, like, press the tip of his foot down, but his big toe actually just rips out of his shoe and like really like weirdly just like pushes down on the acceleration um and then again uh yeah from this point uh for for a little bit uh spongebob starts driving very, like you know mrs puff is scared she's uh, thinks he's gonna kill her again but then after a while she starts to be very impressed with him he starts to you know drive very well there's like this, this little montage of you see patrick kind of laughing looking through spongebob's things in his house while he's like walking him through the instructions uh spongebob is again and this shows that he's not bad at driving because you what we see him do driving around is not something that you could do if you were a bad driver he's just like he has the skills to do it he's just nervous and that's the whole thing too is the, the confrontation we get here at the end of it is so he does really well he's about to cross the finish line which like i guess is like something they just have on this course yeah. is, is a specific finish line um and she says what's your secret a little radio in your head and they just start laughing because like spongebob you know he's not even really thinking about it and then she says, some guy miles away is giving you all the answers. Of course, that would be cheating. And then like SpongeBob starts freaking out. He's like, I think I am cheating. I am a bad student. And it's, it's one of those whole things where it's like, in a sense, you, I guess you could say that, but this is not a test of knowledge at this point. He's proven he has the knowledge. This is a test of like physical aptitude. So it's one of those things where it's like, he's freaking out over something that's not a problem, but because he's now emotionally compromised, he's back to having no skill, which yeah. shows that the only real problem is he doesn't have confidence and he's anxious. And that's the thing that causes him to fail over and over. And again, here, you know, right at the end, he, he grasps defeat from the jaws of victory and uh, manages to screw it all up. And then is like, Mrs. Puff, I think I cheated. <laughs> well, and it's it's so funny because even during the scene, the sequence, Patrick also runs out of SpongeBob's house crying. So it's like neither one of them actually like had the thought like this isn't this is against the rules in any way. And it's like how did that not cross either of their minds? Like what did they think this was? Like Patrick, you were not supposed to be helping him. Yes, obviously. Uh, it's just very it's it's very weird. But yeah, then SpongeBob hits the uh, the the lighthouse again and it falls over and uh, uh funnily enough this is the first appearance of the my leg guy though for those of you that don't know uh there's a recurring gag throughout all the spongebob whenever there's like a big explosion or some big like catastrophe happens 
Uh, occasionally in the background, you hear some guy yell, "My leg!" And uh, this is the uh, this is the first time we hear that is after the the second time the lighthouse falls in this episode. And that is something where anytime there's some kind of catastrophe, you you hear it a lot. Um, at this point in the show, it, it's not really coming from anywhere specific. It's not a specific character. Later seasons like to do a lot of kind of callbacks to try and like almost kind of look back at glory days, so to speak, where the, the character who says my leg actually has a whole like spotlight yeah, episode. episode. Like he's a specific character. Uh, but, but at this point in time and you know what, where the, the canon is at um, it, it's just kind of like, it's a, it's a stock little sound effect to show like there has been harm to other people in this process. Well, I don't even think we see anybody else. Like when SpongeBob we is doing, we, we don't like in the whole thing. We don't see any, it's just SpongeBob and Patrick or SpongeBob and uh, Mrs. Puff getting hurt. But then we see, just hear the noise around implying, which is, you know, again, you don't need to animate what you don't need to animate, I suppose. So it, it works out. And we, we see here, you know, Mrs. Puff, she's, she's getting hauled away to the hospital and SpongeBob is apologizing. And she, she says a line where it's like, I know you didn't mean it, SpongeBob. It's okay. And it's just this level of forgiveness and understanding, at least outwardly, that it, it's, it's kind of, it's not really a core personality trait that she's going to show in the future, but it does kind of show that even though like she is very like emotional right now and is upset with him, she holds it together for his sake. And it's like, Oh, you know, it's okay. I mean, I, he's like, yeah. I'll, I'll try harder next semester. You'll see that. She just screwed. Yeah. Well, cause I, and that's what I read the, the it's okay as is it's more like apathy and acceptance rather than actual like forgiveness. You know what I mean? It, it, she's more like, Oh, it's like, there's not, I, there's nothing I can do about this. So I just have to, I'm just going to say it's all right, SpongeBob. And then, but then hearing, like, I'm going to have to go through this again, she just, she can't keep it together anymore. Yeah, and so um, there's a reason I brought up that specific line, I'll try harder next semester. And this ties back into why I was so specific about the fact that his exam was on March 3rd. So, again, <laughs> like we've talked about, this is structured like school. His final is in March. Well, I mean, to be fair, we don't know how long the time between his first, like his first failed boating exam and his second failed boating exam was. But yeah, I mean, I assume it wasn't, you know, like two months or whatever. I mean, I suppose it could have been, but yeah, we, we just don't have a reference for that. Like in my mind, the, the implication that I kind of get is like, you know, he takes his exam the first time and on some occasions, not normally on like a final, um, and there are actually rules about this for driving tests. Again, this varies per state is essentially with the credentials you have of having done like all the class time. Um, I believe it's in, I don't remember what state it's in. It's probably in Texas though. Just trying to rack my memory because I, I did some moving around in my youth, but you get three attempts with those credentials before you have to redo the course. So it kind of makes sense. Like, okay, you know, he did it on March 3rd. He did it this time. Presumably he did it one time before that. And then now he has to go through a whole semester again. It's kind of like my view of the, the exam setup that he's going through with this. Yeah. Again, it's just, and it's with the dates and the, the stuff like that. I think it's more, you're more just supposed to forget about it, honestly. Um, but one thing that, and I, I, it's, boats are brought up as cars, I believe, in a different episode, uh, but this is the first time, obviously, because it's boating school. I, one thing I do really like is, is how seamless that kind of, like, 
that idea is for me. Like, it was something I never questioned as a kid. Like, oh, yeah, boats are cars. Like, underwater, yeah, boats are cars. And it's it's one of those, like, subtle things that I think SpongeBob does. Like, a bit of world building, I suppose, that, that makes it, you know, makes it all the better for it. Where there's these little things that, like, okay, so what would, you know, again, it's like the Krusty Krab is a crab trap. And that's, you know, that's what Mr. Krabs made his restaurant out of. Like, all these little things that you normally don't think of, but when you notice them, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's just a, a piece of, like, visualization where it's, like, what what's, like, a vehicle they could use underwater? And, again, even though, like, you know, in reality, of course, you know, boats float above water. If they sink, they aren't really functioning properly. Uh, in this instance, it, it just kind of is one of those things where, like, you can suspend your disbelief really easily. It just makes sense where it's, like, if there had to be a car equivalent underwater, this is what it would be. Yeah, the, the connection of boat and water is there enough where you don't need to think about the idea of, like, it's a sunken ship, obviously, but, you know, it, it works out. And we do see, there's occasions, like, when, when he's doing his little, like, boating tricks on the course to show he knows what he's doing. Like, he, it kind of, like, floats in the air sometimes. Uh, yeah. You know, generally speaking, it, it's not a hard and fast rule. Boats are cars. They don't, like, float. They don't fly. Uh, they might get a little more air than a real car, just, you know, for the sake of humor and scene setup. However, um, if you're at all confused about that, if you want the, you know, and you're like, what's the logic of the boats underwater? It's just a car, essentially. Yeah. And you don't really have to think about it as anything else. It won't always function exactly like that, but that's the easiest way to think about it. Exactly. It's cartoon logic mixed with, like, more logical. It's it's cartoon logic mixed with, like, cartoon disbelief. You're like, or cartoon disbelief mixed with, like, logical, like, correlation. It's like an extension of reality to create a unrealistic situation. For sure, for sure. Well, yeah, those are those are two pretty good episodes. Uh, they're ones that I again, I they're one, I think about quotes from Momo all the time. But when you actually get down to what the episodes are and and how they flow, you know, something I've forgotten about. But you know, they're they hold up pretty well. Yeah, it's a lot of people when they're thinking about early SpongeBob. Um, you know, they might think about some episodes we haven't gotten to yet, or they might think about like bubble stand. Uh, I feel like in that kind of sense, boating school and like nautical neighbors, like they are something you'll remember when someone brings it up, but kind of like you said earlier, Shane, it's like you didn't remember that you remembered it. Uh, and, and they kind of hold that place where it's almost like it's, it's a fond memory when you have it, but it's not like, it's not, this is the first thing. And it's not, this is the most recent thing. And it's also not like, this moment was elevated above all the other moments in the season per se, just because it's not, not to say they're bad. It's just, you know, it's a really solid season. And so in that way, in spite of the fact they're good, they do kind of get a little bit left behind. Yeah, for sure. But again, I mean, when you have a show as good as this, there are going to be good episodes that are left behind uh, in that way. And at this point, you know, that just really goes to show how good it is and how many moments there are that are funny. They're clever. Um, this episode maybe didn't lean so much on like the kind of like clever jokes per se that we might've seen in the past, but they still had good, you know, set up, follow up, follow through it, just good ideas all around. And so definitely, you know, if you're looking through and you're thinking, Oh, well, what do I want to skip? Uh, it's not something like, I wouldn't recommend skipping it. You know, you might have the first thought where it's like, I don't necessarily need to watch that, but I do think, you know, if you're given the show rewatch, it's worth your time. Yeah, a lot of season one is like that. I don't know if there's going to be very many skip recommendations for season one. Probably not, but I just thought this was the first time where really someone might have that thought because this is the first one where it's like you don't remember that as being like your first SpongeBob for yeah. a lot of people, I think. Mm -hmm. So 
it's important to, you know, go to bat for it where you can, because people are going to forget that it was good. Yeah. Uh, but with that, that would be all my thoughts on episodes four A and B. Uh, did you have anything else you want to add to that, Shane? I do not. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the SpongeBob Lematic Cast. Uh, be sure to follow us on whatever uh, podcast service you are using. Um, also, be sure to hit us up with any comments on our YouTube channel, which is just SpongeBob Lematic Cast, or over on our Twitter at SB Lematic Cast. Um, also on our Twitter, be sure to follow us. We're going to be uh, we post updates whenever um an episode goes live um and also if there's ever a delay or any problems or anything you know we just want to ask you guys uh that's also where we'll convey that information so thank you very much for listening and have a good one everybody we've got youtube we've got twitter we've got email any way you want to contact us any comments any thoughts feel free and we'll see you next time